God's Word is living and active. I need just a little more room here. I don't want to step on anything. <clears throat> and, and God's Word is our plumb line for life. I've said this many other times. And uh, genuine believers follow what is written here. Okay? We use this as our guide. It's our guidebook. It's written in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And that passage shows us several things. First, the prophets that are spoken of there are referred to as teachers, or at least compared to as teachers, even as there are going to be false teachers among you. <clears throat> and he was talking 2,000 years ago. They teach falsehoods. They profess falsely. They bring heresies. They bring works of the flesh. A couple of weeks ago, we had a message on the works of the flesh. There are many works of the flesh, and then there's the fruit of the Spirit, and we discussed that last week. And for those of you who were here, I thank you, even though I was up on the screen and not physically in the building. It was very hard for me to leave. <clears throat> they took me out of here kicking and screaming. Seriously, I did not want to go. I wanted to be with, with you all. I, I take this seriously, folks. It, it, to me, I really, really take it seriously because... I know that I'm going to give an answer to God for what I speak from this pulpit. And I know that I will also give an answer to God for anything that I refuse to speak. And that's what gives me the tension. It's, there's a tension in that. I've got to bring the truth. And so when the Lord laid this message on my heart two months ago, <clears throat> I started writing this message. He said, not yet. Of course, I said, okay. But back to the text. The text relates the importance of professing truthfulness. And it relates the importance of the integrity of prophecy. False teachers bring false teaching. And we all need to be on guard against false teaching. If it doesn't line up with what's written here, it's false. If it's not here, it could be that it's not false if it's not here. But if it goes against what's here, it's false. And very often, anything that's brought that doesn't line up with this, it isn't in here, there's two different aspects there. One is lining up with it. The other is being in there. The things that don't line up with it are false. False prophecies and false teachers bring shame upon the name of Christ, and there is no way around that. The Scripture is clear, and we're going to get into some passages of Scripture that will make you understand very clearly what God's Word says about false teachers and false prophecies and false prophets. For far too long, God's people in certain circles of Christianity have had this cavalier attitude about false prophecy. They've diluted the idea of prophecy to be like predicting the weather. 
Ah, we got it wrong this time. We're only human. But that's not what God's Word says. God's Word is absolutely clear. If someone presumes to preach or teach in the name of the Lord, they must be accurate. Must. It's an absolute. There is no way around it. And there's countless so-called prophets, most recently especially, who have failed to get it right. But unfortunately, their followers have not held them accountable. And it's time to call all false prophets to repentance. I believe this is absolute. I'm certain about this, okay? And I want us to look today. I know nobody's perfect, but that is not an excuse for bringing false prophecies. I want us to open the, the, the Word of God to the third chapter of Ezekiel. You'll find that on page 1288. Third chapter of Ezekiel, 1288. And uh, it, hopefully we got enough Bibles in the building for you all. And, and I know the young lady will put it up here for those of you who can read that far. 1288, Ezekiel chapter 3. And uh, when you get home, I want you to read the entire chapter of Ezekiel chapter 3, okay? Because it speaks to those who are professing the Word. And to me, many years ago when I read this, God hit me like, a, like bricks. I mean, it hit me hard. He's speaking to those who profess His Word. Ezekiel chapter 3, we're going to read the first nine verses. And uh, if everybody's ready, we'll go there. It is written, moreover, he said to me, and he speak, this is God speaking to Ezekiel, son of man, eat what you find, eat this scroll. And God has presented his word, and he said, now I want you to consume it. And then he said, go and present it or speak it to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he came to me, he said, excuse me, and he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey and sweetness. And then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them, for you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language whose words you cannot understand. In other words, he's sending him to his own people, the people that would comprehend what he was saying. And this is what he's done for yours truly. He hasn't sent me to a foreign land where people don't comprehend the language. He sent me to people that comprehend the language that he's given me to speak. But the house of Israel will not listen to you, because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces, and your forehead strong against their foreheads, like adamant stone, harder than flint. I have made your forehead. God made me hard-headed. He has. Because I won't buckle when it comes to His truth. When it comes to His Word, when it comes to professing His truth, I will not back down. Do not be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. He said, they're going to look at you. They're not going to like what you say. And this has been true through much of my ministry. But today, we need to look at I trust God will add His blessing to the reading and hearing of His Word. We need to look at 
what God's Word says about true and false prophets, because it's truth or consequences. That's the reality. Now, Ezekiel was a true prophet of God. He received and delivered God's Word, none other. And it matters not if false prophets and those who follow them turn upon the true prophet of God, the one who professes the Word of God. God says so. We just read it in Ezekiel. Don't worry about what they say. Don't matter how, don't, don't worry about how they look at you. You do what I tell you to do. And as we read further along in the third chapter of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is told by Almighty God Himself that if He doesn't give them the message from God that God has given to Ezekiel to deliver to them, He will hold Ezekiel accountable for their blood. If they die in their sin and Ezekiel had not given them the message, he would be held accountable. And I take that seriously because Almighty God's going to call me into account. And so I have to deliver the message that he says to deliver. Ezekiel was a true messenger of Almighty God, and the people turned on him like savage dogs, and the some things never change, folks. God's tired of their lies, and he has exposed their charade. And he will bring them to justice. His word says so. It troubles me that most of the false prophets today refuse to repent. I've had to personally call some to repent. I've shared some of the dialogue with some of the folks of this congregation so that people know that I'm not just sitting back and keeping my mouth shut. I believe God sent them strong delusion because of their sin. I think they're in sin, and I believe God has sent that delusion upon them that they can't even see that they're wrong or they refuse to, to acknowledge it. It's written in Luke chapter 6, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks, and those who speak falsehood have falsehood in their heart. That's the Word of God. That's not my Word. That's God's Word. That's the absolute certain truth. There is no way around that. And we must, as God's people, call people to account for the lies that they're professing. In 1 John chapter 4, it's written, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And you see, he connects the false prophets to the false spirits. The Lord has not given them a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. There are some who are lost in their delusion and they refuse to repent. Now, let's go back a little bit. Joe Biden was running for president and Donald Trump was running for president of this country. <clears throat> And then there were false prophets. There were prophets, I'll say. At that time, we didn't know whether they were true or false. There were prophets who said, Donald Trump is absolutely going to be president for another four years. Now, Joe Biden was officially installed as president of the United States. Whether anybody likes that or not, that's the truth. Scripture instructs believers to pray for those who rule over them. Did you know that? 
you are to pray for those who are in positions of authority, whether it's in our local municipality, whether it's in the county, whether it's in this commonwealth, or whether it's in these United States of America, we are to pray for those who are serving in government. Whether we like them, whether we like what they do, we are to pray for them. And why? Because it is best for us, and that's what the Scripture says. Whether we approve of them or not. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, and that's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, prayers, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And God does not include any exceptions. He doesn't say, except if you don't like the guy, except if he's doing wickedness. He doesn't say, don't pray for him if he's doing wickedness. He says, pray for him. whether we approve of them or not, and it's for our own good. I would submit to you that many of God's people have refused to pray. And if we would pray for those who are in positions of authority, I believe we'd see a change. Now, since before the November presidential election, there are some self-proclaimed prophets who made authoritative declarations about the election. Before November, they were saying, Donald Trump's going to be the president. He's going to win. And then after the election, they said it was stolen. Well, it may have been. We don't know. I don't know. I've seen some reports that show that these things can be manipulated and so on and so forth, and I'm not going to make an opinion about that. I'm going to tell you this. Joe Biden is the president, whether we like it or not. And we're to pray for him. And there were countless people who told others that Trump would serve four more years. And some were more careful with their words. They said, well, I, I, I heard the Lord say, or it's my opinion some resorted to. But the facts have shown all of them to be wrong. The masses of people that had spread their teaching and prophecies wildly also need to repent. Anyone who spread what they were saying has got to ask God's forgiveness because we are also, whomever we are, I'm including myself, I didn't share any of that stuff, but I'm saying we as a people group, the church of Jesus Christ, we're guilty. If we shared any of that stuff, we're guilty and we need to repent of it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. That's the word of God. That's the true word of Almighty God. It's not the word or a dream of some man or some woman who claims to be a prophet. That is the word of Almighty God. It was professed by Jeremiah many, many years ago, and it is truth. It is absolute truth. God said he didn't send them if it turns out to be a lie. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 8 and 9 is where that's found, if you want to look it up for yourself. In Leviticus chapter 19, in verse 12... 
The Lord himself said, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. He warns people not to do what has been done here. And they and their followers must publicly repent. If they professed it publicly, they must repent publicly. Because that's how they proclaim their lies. Why do I say lies? And some people take offense at that. Well, you're calling them liars. Let me tell you what God says, okay? Not what I say. I'm going to go to God's Word. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14. And the Lord said to me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. It's their lies. And God calls them liars. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets. We're now into Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 15. Thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, who say sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine those prophets shall be consumed. Thus saith the Lord. They falsely claim to have heard from God. It's obvious they didn't. They claim to be speaking for God, and they lack integrity, and they've lost credibility. The prophets prophesy falsely, it is written in Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 31, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people love to have it so, God said. My people. He's not talking about people that aren't in the body. He's not talking about unbelievers. He says, my people love to have it so. And then it goes on and says, but what will you do in the end? <clears throat> and we've reached a place. The prophecies were false. That makes those who made those prophecies false prophets. It means they professed lies according to the word of Almighty God. And it was disturbing. It was so disturbing to me to hear these self-proclaimed prophets change their predictions repeatedly, and some still are. One declared Biden would not spend one day in the White House. Not one day. And many said Trump will definitely serve another four years. And now they're changing that to say, well, it could be another four years in 2024. But that wasn't the implication whenever they were professing it. They were professing it as if, okay, he's got this, and he's going to be the president for another four years immediately after this four years that he spent in the office. And I am not for or against anyone serving as the United States president. I want God's will to be done. And God's the one who sets up those in positions of authority. We only need to read what Daniel said and what Nebuchadnezzar acknowledged after God had put him in a field eating grass for seven years. <clears throat> One went so far to say is not in the future, but immediately. Lies. It's all lies. Because God never said that. God didn't say it because it didn't come true, and that's how we know. And God, we'll get into God's Word. It shows us that. Instead of repenting and admitting they didn't hear from our Creator, they became more fanatical in their stance. And I even heard one so-called prophet of God say, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. It's your fault he didn't get in. It's your fault the election was stolen. It's your fault you did something wrong. Not him. 
He wouldn't accept or acknowledge the responsibility that he has if he's saying, thus saith the Lord. And that's just very disturbing to me. They were wrong. Now, remaining strong in your stance is admirable if you're right. But now, the things that they foretold, there is no way that they can ever come true because the time has passed. They didn't hear from God. He hadn't told them the things that they spoke. That is a fact. And we all, now if we wake up, if we will allow ourselves to see the truth, it is absolutely, certainly true that they were false. They were wrong. Now, after President Biden was installed, the false prophets started to say that God was going to miraculously remove him and install Donald Trump for a second term. And they pushed the date to March 4th. What's the date today? Anybody? Seventh. Seventh, right. Today's the seventh. All right. And that's why I waited to deliver this message. Because I don't want to do anything that's going to be outside of the will of God. Because if by some chance they were accurate, if by some chance they had it right, I wanted to stand before Almighty God with clean hands and say, okay, Lord. They urged their followers to maintain their faith and watch God's miraculous intervention. And I say, now what? They led people along a false path. They led people down a false hope in a man instead of placing our hope in Almighty God. Are they so blind that they really believe they are actually prophets? I have to ask that question, folks. Or are they just hucksters selling their lies to gullible people? It infuriates me. It infuriates me the way I believe that Christ himself would be infuriated if he were here on this earth today and he had heard those same false prophets prophesy falsely. I believe he would have called them out sooner. Placing faith in a man instead of in Christ. Some well-known self-proclaimed prophets apologized for their false prophecies, but then they backpedaled. Because their followers said, no, 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 you can't do that. I had names that I pulled them out. I'm not going to call them out that way. At least they admitted that they prophesied falsely. But you know, there's many that are too proud to do exactly what they need to do. They fear losing their followers and their supporters. That's just an that's just a fact. Some have stopped prophesying. But we have to tell you, the truth is clear, folks. These so-called prophets did not hear from God. His Word makes that clear. This is serious to God. His Word makes that clear. He doesn't approve of anyone saying, thus saith the Lord, when he did not say it. It is sin to do so. It is sin, and it is a sin, according to God's Word, that leads unto death. There are some sins, the Word tells us, that don't lead unto death, but we are still to correct them. But this is a sin that leads unto death. God's Word makes that clear, and we'll get there. These people mock the true prophecy that comes by the gift and calling of God, which is manifested by His Holy Spirit, and none other. 
There is no other spirit that can give prophecy from God, only the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. But instead of confessing their sin, many have sought other options. They're born out of their stubborn and rebellious hearts. And I want you to hear what's written in the 29th chapter of Isaiah. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, namely the prophets. And he has covered your heads, namely the seers. The whole vision has become to you like the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one who is literate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. Then a book is delivered to the one who is illiterate, saying, Read this, please. And he says, I am not literate. And therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men, therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Isaiah chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. That is the word of God. The Word of God gives us the nature of true prophecy. It's written in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 12 that God told Moses, Now therefore go, and I, this is God speaking, I will be your mouth and teach you what to say. And in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 9, it is written, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. This is Jeremiah speaking. God touched his mouth. He said, And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. And in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 2, it is written, He, Isaiah said, He, God, has made my mouth like a sharp sword. These are true prophets of Almighty God who He put His Word in their mouths to speak and profess to others. There's no way around that. In Ephesians chapter 6, we learn that God's Word is described as the sword of the Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it is written, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Genuine prophecy is not subject to our weak efforts to discern the mind or will of God. It's not. We are out of the picture. God says, speak this, and we speak it. It is not our discernment of what God has whispered in our ear in a dream or some spirit has. Genuine prophecy comes by God. And no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That is written in 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 20 and 21. Does that say the prophets spoke as they pleased? Does it say that they spoke and parroted something they heard from another man or another woman? Does it say that they repeated something that somebody else said? No. The true prophets of God and those who are gifted by God to speak as a mouthpiece for Him are, in fact, gifted by Him to speak for Him. They receive God's Word, not their own and nobody else's. It is the Word of the Lord. And where do we find that today, folks, where we can stand upon it? No place but right here in God's Word. They're not guessing. 
those true prophets, they didn't get it wrong. God gave specific messages to people whom He chose, not the self-chosen. And we need to remember that. His messengers delivered His message to whomever He instructed them to convey it. His messengers conveyed what He said to convey to those whom He sent them to. And this isn't how so many self-called prophets work today. Instead, they labor in vain with generalizations. They spew spiritualized imaginings, not Almighty God's heart. In their way of prophesying, they only need to conjure up some dream or something in the spirit realm and then proclaim it. And self-deluded ideas have replaced true prophecy from Almighty God. Deep down inside, some false prophets know they're not hearing from Almighty God. Deep down inside, they know that they are lying. And they don't care. They don't care at all. It's obvious they don't. They're not even fooling themselves. But there are many who have fooled themselves, many who have fooled themselves into believing that what they're saying is true, even when it doesn't come to pass. And somehow, they are deluded into believing that they heard from the Lord and spoke this, and somehow circumstances changed and it didn't come true. Prophesying falsely is a sin, and Almighty God tells us that He will hold them accountable. They attribute their declarations to God's voice and His will. His word is true, but theirs is false. And He promises to deal with the liars. Our Creator is unhappy with false prophets. His word makes that absolutely clear. There is no way around it, folks, and I must proclaim this message. It's written in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 20, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded them to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. This is serious. This isn't something to take lightly. It's not like watching evening news and some news guy comes on and says, oh, it's going to be a beautiful day today, and all oh, we can looking at this and looking at that and all this, and the pretty pictures and all that stuff and all the equipment they have and all the tools they use to predict the weather, and it doesn't come to pass. And we say, well, well they got it wrong. Maybe I should have been a, 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 a weatherman. Get it wrong and still get paid, right? That's not how prophecy works. That is not how prophecy works. Now, I'm not advocating for the death penalty. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not saying we go out and stone the prophets. But I'm telling you this, Almighty God holds them accountable for their deception. Prophesying falsely is sin, and the wages of sin is death. That's what God's Word says. Unless they repent, unless they turn from that sin and never go back. They'll answer to God for it. They will answer to God. And how can you tell the difference between true and false prophets? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 22, when a prophet, this is what's written there, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. There's no way around that. None. And he goes on and he says, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Shall not. Don't worry about them. God's going to take care of them. No matter what they say. No matter what they do. In Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 6 through 9, we hear this. They have envisioned futility and false divination, saying, Thus saith the Lord. 
but the Lord has not sent them. Yet they hope that the word may be confirmed. In other words, they know they're telling lies and they're hoping it'll come true. Got a 50-50 chance, right, with a presidential election. It's going to be this guy or that one. Have you not seen a futile vision, and have you not spoken false divination? And you say, the Lord says, but I have not spoken. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have spoken nonsense and envisioned lies, therefore I am indeed against you, says the Lord. My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and who divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, nor be written in the record of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. He's saying they're not getting into the promised land. This is serious. And this is why I'm called to call out. I must. Because I'm going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, why didn't you tell him what I told you to tell him? And I'm saying, Lord, I'm, I'm telling him. Your word is true. It's not something to take lightly. It's time the true believers hold self-proclaimed prophets to account for their falsehoods. Their predictions were wrong. And we, as the body of Christ, must say, hey, you said this, but it didn't come to pass. Don't tell me why it didn't come to pass, except that what you said was not from the Lord. That's the truth. It's time for us to hold them to account. They reduced prophecy to being like an old carnival quarter machine. You know the one. You don't like what you get, you put another quarter in, right? And if you don't like that, you put another quarter in, and you keep doing it until you get something you like. God's calling His people to admit the truth. The prophecies were false, which means they were given by false prophets. God has exposed false prophets. It's right and fitting for believers to point out their error and call them to repentance. It is right and fitting for believers to call them to repentance. Rebuke, the Word says. Rebuke. Reprove, the Word says. And exhort with all long-suffering. In other words, you love them. You do what you can. But if eventually they get to the place where they're putting their fingers in their ears and they're saying, I don't want to hear it anymore, then you say, okay, you're on your own. My hands are clean. I have failed not to give you all the counsel of God's Word. You know, there was one that went so far as to threaten me with their papa's wrath because I was trying to bring them into line with God's Word. Now, we can rest assured in the words of Christ, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Blessed, blessed, rejoice. We're blessed. Be glad. Saying, thus saith the Lord when he has not said it is lying. It's the highest form of lying. It's bearing false witness. It's using the Lord's name in vain. I may not say, thus saith the Lord, if the Lord didn't say it. The false prophets must have a change of heart and turn to Almighty God, the God that they lied about. And we know that His mercy endures forever because His Word says it over and over and over. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. There is mercy for those who have lied in the name of the Lord. And we need to call them to that mercy. 
We need to beg God's mercy upon them that he would change their hearts, that he would take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, that they would recognize their error and bring themselves into a line with God's word. It's sad because they've done as the false prophets of old, and therefore what is written then applies now. They must repent. Hear what's written. Jeremiah chapter 14, Therefore thou shalt say this word unto them, Let mine eyes run down with tears day and night. Let them not cease. For the virgin daughter of my people is broken with a great breach, with a very grievous blow, and we acknowledge, O Lord, our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers, for we have sinned against thee. Do not abhor us for thy name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. Jeremiah is telling them they need to weep. They need to pray. They need to get down on their face and say, God, we're sorry. We missed the mark here. We did it wrong. We lied in your name. These are wells without water, it's written in Second Peter. Clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those who were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. And that's the problem with false prophecy. The false prophets are bound by the very lies that they have proclaimed. We need to pray for them to turn from their wickedness. Thus saith the Lord. I can profess that because it is, in fact, written. Whether they or anyone else believe it's evil to speak falsely in the name of Almighty God, He calls it iniquity. They still have time to turn, but I believe there's not much time. It's written, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. In other words, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart, not out of the mouth of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 16. And then it's written in 2 Thessalonians. We can hear this. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And that was then. He who now lets will let until he's taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth. Why are they going to perish? Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Did you hear what I said earlier? God sent them delusion. That's why they're stuck. That they should believe a lie. They might all be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Sinning is unrighteousness. Lying is unrighteousness. And no one is exempt from God's punishment for standing and saying, Thus saith the Lord, when in fact He has not said it. And I pray that Almighty God has mercy on those who have falsely professed these lies. And that's what His Word calls them, and so that's what I have to call them. I pray that He grants them repentance, because His Word tells us it's His goodness that does exactly that. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 is where we can find that written. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 17, and I'm trying to go fast, folks, because I've got some more to cover here, and you've got to know this. You have to know this. This is absolute. There is no wiggle room here. There's no room to get out of it, okay? We, as God's people, must know the truth. We are not, as so many, peddling the Word of God. 
but as of sincerity, but as of God, as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. We're not hucksters. We're not to be peddling the Word of God. We are to be speaking the Word of God in truth, in righteousness, in love. And that is led by His Holy Spirit and none other. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, we hear this, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. And that's what the false prophets need to do. We are not walking in craftiness nor handling the Word of God deceitfully, and that's what the false prophets need to do, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And that's one of the things that's wrong with the false prophets today. They do not have a conscience. Their conscience has been seared, and they go on telling the lies to the people who send them money, and that will damn their souls to Almighty God, the hell that God created for the devil and his angels. And I'm not happy to say that, but that's the absolute truth of God's Word. They must repent. It's written in Exodus chapter 4. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, and the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. When God called me to preach, He called me as a teenager, and I preached, and then I ran for a lot of reasons, which I won't go into now. There's not enough time. When He called me back, and I finally said yes, when I quit running from Him, He said, I'll put the words in your mouth. I said, God, you know, I'm like Moses. I'm slow of speech. I can't do it. I can't do it. And He says, I will put the words in your mouth. And I said, okay. I gave up. I quit running. I quit fighting. And this is what he's saying. He will give those who profess the truth, he will give them the unction to speak. I will give you. I will, he says. I, God says, I. I will do this. And in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 25 to 27, we hear this. And you, son of man, Surely they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go out among them. I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth so that you shall be mute and not be one to rebuke them, for they are a rebellious house. You know, God sometimes shuts the mouths of the true prophets. He says so right here. He says so right here. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And he who hears, let him hear. He who refuses, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. And that's what we're up against. It's rebellion against God. It is rebellion against Almighty God to speak lies in His name and not repent of it. And what's the takeaway, folks? What can you folks take away with this, okay? How can you use this message to improve your lives? God's Word's true. And if anything anyone says does not line up with God's Word, you, you are authorized, authorized by Almighty God to question it. Don't shrink back. So wait a minute, where is that written? Where is that written? Where is that written in the Bible? Show them the Bible. Open it up and say, show me where that is written. Is it God's Word or is it some dream that you had? Is it God's Word or is it your Word that you're professing to be God's Word? If anything that anybody foretells does not come to pass, you are authorized by Almighty God to call them out on it. And you can call them what He calls them, false. You can call them what He calls them, liars. You can call them what He calls them. We're in the days foretold by genuine prophets of God, folks. There is no mistake about that to me. I am absolutely certain we are in the days foretold. Our love for God and our neighbors moves us to illuminate the Word of Almighty God, to illuminate the truth, to share the truth so that it bears on everyone's life that we are interacting with. 
especially in these times of great deception, we need the truth. Be not afraid. Stand upon the truth of God's Word. Remember, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We celebrated that in in communion today. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But you need to turn to receive that everlasting life. You need to turn out of the wickedness. You need to turn out of the lies. You need to turn out of all those things that go against Almighty God. We need to speak God's Word. We need to profess God's Word. We need to proclaim God's Word because His almighty Word is most certainly true because it is His Word, after all, and He is almighty. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You, Lord. I thank You for giving me unction to speak today. I thank You, Father, that Your Word is true that You make it possible for each and every one of us to share Your Word in truth. God, I pray for those who have professed falsely. Lord, I don't dislike them. I don't hate them. I'm asking You to forgive them, and I'm asking You to grant them repentance because it's Your goodness that grants them repentance. Bring them into line with Your will and Your Word, Lord, I pray in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.